many aspire to reach the upper echelon of the healthcare industry, but few are able to successfully navigate the corporate ladder. As Asia becomes the world epicenter of the healthcare industry, C-Suite Partners sits down with international healthcare executives, asking the tough questions and unpacking the personalities of the top industry leaders. Welcome to the boardroom. Thank you very much for joining C-Suite Partners in the boardroom. Thank you. Very interested to understand your career up to date. So can you talk me through the last 10 or 15 years of where you've been and where you are today? Sure. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a fairly straightforward career at the end of the day. I started differently. I started in the engineering side. Okay. Uh, but really wanted to make a switch to the healthcare. So I took advantage of uh, doing my MBA in the US and at that point used that to transition to healthcare, which is uh, where I always wanted to be at the beginning. Mm. I initially chose engineering because I wanted to have a global career. And I was looking for uh, education that would allow me to work anywhere in the world. And I thought healthcare would not allow me to do that. Mm. Uh, but then I realized I could if I was on the business side. Mm. So this is what I did, joined uh, Philips in 2002. Mm. And, and then just got up the ranks all the way to the uh, most recent uh, job where I was running the MRI business uh, globally. Very interesting what you said about moving through the ranks. Uh -huh. How do you think you did that so quickly? Um, it's interesting because I actually, if I take the example of the last job, um, I did not, did not even go for it. Uh, in that case, the entire team of the business got promoted. And I was in vacation, and I got a call saying, Eric, we want you to be the CEO, essentially, of the MRI business, and you have four days to take it over. And I was in San Francisco. Okay. And somewhere, somehow, I had to fly back to the Netherlands and uh, make, a, at that point, a three-day transition uh, to take over the business. In that case, it was being in the right place at the right time. Mm. The, the one thing that helped me several times in my career it was to work with really good um, mentors. And you work close to them um, and they will help you. They helped me tremendously in my career. So I had several key people like this who um, I guess saw potentials and, uh, and gave me, uh, you know, when you look back, crazy opportunities. I mean, I went from running a hundred million dollar business to a billion dollar business in, and with a three days transition. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, Do you remember what you were doing at that time in San Francisco when you got the call? Absolutely, I, actually I was visiting, we were going down Pacific Coast Highway from San Francisco to LA. Okay. And, um, and they were calling me, it's, it's interesting, they were calling me on the Saturday. And I said, look, I'm in vacation, it's a weekend. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? Can we can yeah. we wait till Monday? Yeah. And they said, no, Eric, it's important. You you need to take the call. What was the biggest difference between a ten million dollar business to a one point five billion dollar business? What what is the the key differentiators in running that business? Or do you keep the same methodology and you just expand it out? Yeah, it's actually interesting. It's I, I find little difference. Uh, the reality okay. is, you when when you're running it. 10 million, 100 million 
one billion. The truth is you're, you're dealing with 10, 15 people, mm. which is you spend most of your time with your, your direct reports. You're always dealing with 10, 15 people. The, the big difference is when you're in a small business, that's about it. That's the organization. Mm. When you're in a large business, there is five, six layers uh, behind it. I guess the, the biggest difference, I would say, is around communication. Uh, when you uh, run a bigger organization with many layers, uh, you want to make sure that you touch every layer. Uh, because this is what's going to drive people's decision on a day-to-day -day basis. So communication becomes a lot more critical at that point. It, it has to be uh, more structured, uh, more consistent, mm. repeated more often. You know, I, I remember one time where I was talking to an engineer and one of the engineers said, we have to go in that direction. And I like to play devil's advocate sometimes. I said, well, why? I don't understand. And, and he was able to tell me all the priorities in, in the right orders and why he okay. was making the trade-off. And this was somebody who was probably three, four levels under uh, the mm -hmm. leadership team. And, and at that point, I knew, okay, the message has gone through the organization. People okay. know on a day-to-day -day basis what choice they have to make. Can you talk to me about a time as, as an executive where you had a decision to make and you weren't entirely sure whether it's ethically, personally, professionally in that decision-making process? Was there something in your career that, that was quite memorable? Yeah, I, I can think about uh, one, in, uh, one in particular. Okay. Uh, and this was um, a few years back where I was asked by the very senior management of, of the organization mm. to fund a key project. And that was a product that I had talked to many customers about. I've seen what our competitors were doing. I've seen, you know, the, the big criteria that I had is, does it have an impact on medical outcomes? This was a machine that was extremely expensive to develop, very expensive as a, as a system. Mm. And I felt we simply should not spend the money doing that. I remember receiving an email from senior management saying, Eric, I want you to fund that project. And then there was a three word, or four word. This is not a democracy. Okay. So I'm not asking you if you agree or not. I want you to start that project. And I knew if I do it, I felt in my heart, if I did it, I was destroying value from the uh, from the company and mm -hmm. I was I would have to starve all the project that had yeah. big impact on patient to fund a project that I did simply did not believe in and I almost got fired a couple of times because of that okay. and this is a very difficult decision you have to look and you say okay what do I put first do I put my career first or do what I believe is right for the team and the patients now, what saved me the second time that I almost got fired is the gentleman who was above me decided to leave the company before. Okay. So he left, and at that point, it, it allowed me to continue on my path. But had he decided to stay, I probably would have been fired. But this was something that I had to think about. You have to think about your family, you have to think about your career, and then you have to think about what is my job? What, do I, what am I supposed to do? And I view that as doing the right thing for the patient first. Well, Eric, thank you very much for your time. Thank you.